Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mike M's Weekly Reads. I was debating whether to do this one or not. It, it's kind of weird week. Uh, last week, I didn't have the energy. And then Harley got really sick, but she seems to be getting out of her funk now. She was really bad on Sunday. You probably could hear my voice in Not All In It on Geek Brunch that was released, the last one. But... um. <clears throat> she's she she had some really bad stomach issues she wasn't eating she was losing weight really really fast and causing her already bad arthritis to get even worse but now you know she had a pretty good week and um barb has been gone since wednesday so i thought i'd have all this extra time to do little things but when she's gone it's there's a lot more work <laughs> You know, there, there's a lot more things to do. And then working at work and then coming home, I was getting tired. And then um, I said, oh, I'll treat myself on Saturday. So I was either going to go to the movies, which Barb was encouraging me to do. You know, she's going to, she said, go to a movie or go to the Comic-Con or go, you know, do something fun. Um, so I, I was thinking about which one I wanted to do. And uh, I got up in the morning. I didn't feel like doing a hell of, hell of a lot. And um, took Carly for a walk. Came back. Decided I wasn't going to a movie. Um, and I saw the prices for Comic-Con were 60 bucks. And this con, from everything I could tell, is not comics. They put Comic-Con in it, but... It's really celebrities. And I looked at the ratio of celebrities to comic creators. There was about 10 comic creators that were known. And then there were some local talent. And then the rest were all celebrities. There was about at least 50, 60 celebrities. And then there was some comments on the Facebook page that this there was people waiting forever to get in. And 60 bucks for one day, that's a lot. And for me to to go for 60 bucks and there not be that many comics. And yes, I could stop by and say hi to Palmiati and Amanda Connor, but I've, I've done that before. And, um, Simon Bisley was there and the rest of them. I'd already, everybody else I'd pretty much already seen Mike Barron, a bunch of others. So like if I went to go see him, I would just say, Hey, you know, I like your work, blah, blah, blah. I, I never know what the fuck to say unless they're friends, like creators that that I consider friends. I, I really don't know what to say. Um, it it's always seems awkward. I don't know. You think I'd be seasoned professional, but no, I don't. I, I I stumble on my words. I don't know what to say. I don't like to interview, so I don't have many questions to ask. <clears throat> I feel I feel strange. Like I'm not your normal comic fan. Because I, I'm a comic book fan. Um, <clears throat> and somehow I don't like to see how, how, how the mustard's made. And I don't like to see creators that I put up on a pedestal to be somebody I don't like. So sometimes it's good not to know your creators. But then there's times when you want to say hello to Len Wein or somebody like that. Because you never know when they're going to pass. You know, you want to say... Bernie Wrightson, I, I remember meeting Bernie Wrightson at a Denver hotel con, <clears throat> and I bought a, a 
his wife was selling like these imprints of her husband's work on these like tote bags and, and i bought a tote bag for carlos cordova in albuquerque because he really wanted one and i really wish i would have bought one at the time I, I didn't realize what i was doing but um yeah i, I, I don't know I, and uh so so there was that and it looked really ridiculous and i was like well i won't go to the con that's 60 bucks uh, it would take me about 30 minutes to get there because it's on the other side of town and um and then i'd spend 60 bucks i'd go in i probably i i don't know what i would see like in terms of comics if i had a friend i would ask him what is was there dollar boxes you know was there obscure titles in there that i like to get was there good wall books um because i still am looking for you know a good deal but then i could get them online probably cheaper so yeah, I don't know. And then I was debating, should I go to the flea market? But I also had to mow the grass. It's been three weeks, and it was really tall. So I said, you know what? I, I have to do laundry. I, I have to make some m meat and rice for Harley. I, I need, I'm need. i just going to stay home. And plus, I, I had two weeks' worth of LCS plus DCBS orders to i had already scanned them in on friday I, I i needed to bag and board them so i i said i'll do that so what i ended up doing after everything was said and done is nothing that i was planning on doing i ended up mowing the grass i found this huge black widow spider i, I it was scary looking and it was on the web and it was paralyzing a um it was stinging a, a grasshopper and it was like painful to look at. I was like, Oh my God. And usually I, when I look at the black widows, you could tell cause their webs are, they're fucked up. Like there's no symmetry to their webs. It's like this sticky, ugly looking mess. And the black widows have these long legs and this one had a wicked sack. And sure enough, it moved over and I saw the hourglass and I'm like, fuck that. I, I sprayed that motherfucker. I, I know my wife likes to keep the spiders because they're great bug killers, and I, I, I pretty much tolerate a lot of them. But if I see a brown recluse or a, a black widow spire, I will kill them. And um, I, I didn't like that. And so I, I mowed the grass. I got really fucking sore. I'm, I'm getting too old to do this heavy lifting of grass bags and... Uh, I, my time is limited, but I, I guess I might as well enjoy it while I can. So I, I do that. Um, I, I set the umbrella up so when I got tired, I could come under the umbrella and hang out with Harley. And I, I went to Buffalo Wild Wings and had a table for one. I hadn't done that in a while because I usually, if it's a business trip, I'm usually with somebody. If I'm with Barb, we always go together. So it, it, it's been a while since I've had a business trip where... It was like table for one, but you know I did it. I I enjoyed it. I I got 15 wings, a traditional of course, because I, I always feel the traditional have more flavor and sauce taste to them than the the boneless ones. And uh, I got some uh, what do you potato wedges and um, iced tea. And uh, I got 15 wings. I got a large potato wedge. I only ate half of it, which I knew I was. And then I ate 
nine wings, which left me with, you know, six wings to, to bring home. And then I came home, I bagged and boarded, and I watched War of the Roses for like the 10th time. And I, I really enjoyed it. Like, I, I, there's something about that movie, like, where Michael Douglas has some love for his wife and she just absolutely despises him. But he loves her enough. He doesn't even love the house. She loves the house and she wants the house, but he won't give her the house because she wants it so much and he 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 wants to really get back to her cuz he I don't think he knows any other way without her and it just turns out to a disaster where they kill one another and then I while I was bagging I started watching Crocodile Dundee about from the midpoint and I was like man I haven't seen this since it came out and I was really enjoying it so I I went back on to Max because it was on HBO on the TV. And I was like, I'll just go back to Max and watch it. But then I couldn't find it on the app. It was literally gone. But the weirdest thing is it was still on the DirecTV stream demand app. So I I watched that last night. And I wanted to watch the second one. But I passed out because I was so tired from mowing the grass. <laughs> and, I, and then I had a rough night sleeping. Even though I'm popping ibuprofen. <clears throat> I still get really, really sore. And I had a rough night sleeping. So I, I thought, well, I'll place a, my comic shop order. I haven't done it yet. But I really want to. I haven't placed a my comic shop order in, God, it's been about a, hey, God, I, about a, a year? God, it's been forever. Because I've been buying my back issues from Aaron Myers or another guy on Twitter, and I don't even know his name. I should know his name because his packages come in. But um, those ones are more, they don't always have the books that, like the targeted purchases I want. They're just like random books that I was like, oh, I'd like to have that, or a key book, and I, yeah, I'd like to have that. So, yeah, I, uh, I think I'm going to place an order. The last auctions I've won on Twitter, it seems like there's not a lot of people going for them, but they've been more more expensive than uh, lately. I got a uh, Tales to Astonish 46 and number 60. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 3 from the movie. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures number one from Archie Comics. I almost have a full run of the Archie Comics. Some issues of Captain Marvel I was missing, specifically 12, 29, 30, and 31. One of them I got a duplicate of. I got some Star Spangled War stories. Uh, 144... 145, 146. It's really nice. The thing about his books versus Aaron Myers is they seem to be better shape, which I mean is like 6.0 or higher. Sometimes Aaron's are like 4.0s that I'm getting, but his are more keys too. There was an issue of Leave It to Binky I got, number 62. 
Uh, Inferior 5, I have their first appearance in Showcase, but I got number 1, really nice copy. Uh, number... This is 5, 5, and number 10. I got an issue of Hawkman that I already had. Several from Beyond the Unknowns, which is a sci-fi DC comic book. Um, an issue of Flippity Flop, which is like a Tom and Jerry knockoff from DC Comics. A Brave and the Bold Hawkman, which I already had, but I wasn't sure at auction time and I wasn't near the database. I had to pull the trigger for the price that it was there for. And a couple of issues of Adventure Comics, 252, 265, and 267. And of those, I just pulled the trigger without looking at my database. <clears throat> and I already had two of them. So that's how that goes when you try to do that. But if you don't pull the trigger and you go wait to get your database, the item's usually gone. And the prices are usually fairly good for this kind of thing so luckily i uh i haven't been getting any questions but and i've been doing these top fives but the top five spawned off uh nick wetmore of the nerdy legion uh, god they don't do those episodes anymore i wish they were come back but i understand once you get away from podcasting you're like God dang, I have all this free time to do X. Whether it be reading comics, watching movies, mowing the grass, doing chores, like cleaning the toilets, or doing things that it's just hard to do when you spend all day Sunday podcasting. You have all this time now to do stuff, organize comics, you know? So I, I get the fact that um, it's a good sign when Harley's on her back rolling around in the sun. I like to see her do that because when she was sick, she wasn't doing that. She's not barking too much anymore, and I miss that because she usually yells at us a lot. And she was deaf, so she chews us out. But uh, Nick, but going back to uh, stay on target, um, Nick uh, did send me some... Uh, questions and i'll try to knock off a few of them because I, I saved a bunch uh i think i got all of dallos for sure but uh nick said love the episode great list i, I don't remember if that list was my superman or if it was my Avengers, um, but uh, he, oh, it's probably my top five Batman artists, and now he asked the top five Superman artists, and that one's a little tougher, but I have been reading a lot of Golden Age, and this, you know, um, he was never on my list. Until I started falling in love with the golden age of comics. In Superman specifically. So I am going to say that Joe Schuster um, has become one of my favorites now that I've been reading golden age action comics. And I'm in the 20s or 30s on the action comics. And I'm in Superman 
one and two, you know, that I've read. Uh, I think I'm reading Superman three now. And these are from the 40s, their 30s and 40s. But there's something about his line and the way he portrays criminals and that I've really grown an appreciation. And and his, you know, some of his stuff isn't rendered like highly detailed as some of the golden age artists you will like look like Matt Baker and some of the other stuff that you're like, God dang, the hyper detail in this is you do, you do not see in Superman. But there's something about the line that distinguished it as very iconic and something that I, I really appreciated. But he's still not my, my number one. My number one <laughs> artist for for Superman is Dan Jurgens. Like he Death of Superman was just it was when I I was just I was just blown away by what was happening in Superman. And what he did in that, you know, Death of Superman arc, Return of Superman arc, it, it was just phenomenal. So I'll give number one to Dan Jurgens. Number two may surprise you, but if you if we were to go back in a time capsule, my number one artist would have been John Byrne. But over time, I've I found two artists that I've grown more appreciative over, Dan Jurgens and Jerry Ordway. Um, incredible artwork just th- those two artists are my top 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 superman artists and then my third is john byrne um, this list is e- even e- easier than than i thought it would be and uh, my fourth would be uh, neil adams so you know there, there's so many artists that I've experienced, like Kurt Swan. Kurt Swan, I, I like the way he draws Superman, but there's something about his chest that I don't like. It looks like a square, like with no muscle tone. It, it, it's sort of odd, but I, but I, I, I can see myself starting to read a whole bunch of them and uh, liking them very much. And definitely outside of, you know, there, there's a time because Neil Adams didn't do a lot of Superman, but uh, what he did was so damn awesome and iconic. I have to give it to him. But also up there is uh, another Death of Superman artist that did uh, The Man of Steel. Um was it called Superman the Man of Steel? I think so. It was Bogdavine. I don't know how to pronounce his name. John Bogdanovi. Bogdanovi. Um, another artist that was in that era that just sort of blew my mind, but he's he got knocked off by by Neil and uh, Siegel. So. You know, um, yeah, that's that's my list. So, Nick, I I hope we at least have two overlapping uh, Superman artists, but highly influenced by later Superman. Like when we had the Triangle era with 
and John Byrne, well, John Byrne right after Crisis and Jerry Ordway was like, but then you had, you know, the death of Superman and the, the little iconic stuff. And it was just, I absolutely loved it. And then Big Army says, why is number one not Kurt Swan? Well, you know, I, I told you why I didn't like Kurt Swan. Um, he he asks, I, I assume Nick is one of his favorites is Kurt Swan. Why hasn't there been a Kurt Swan omnibus? I, I don't know if there's a lot of like people that would flock to a Kurt Swan omnibus just because of the storytelling uh, style of the Silver Age. But... Uh, I think it would it would come up in numbers that were would be respectable, but nothing like droves of like a Neil Adams Superman or a Dan Jurgens Superman, which you always have your Death of Superman omnibuses and Return of Superman. So, any thoughts why there hasn't been this Kurt Swan? I, I don't know. Other than they don't think it would sell, or they started to do like George Perez books, Neil Adams books, catering to the artists, Marshall Rogers books, stuff like that. But I don't know how well they sold, and um, Kurt Swan would definitely fall into that. But uh, I, I don't know. I, the only th- the only reason I could say is why hasn't there been? Because they don't think they're gonna make a lot of money off of it. Because when you come, when it comes down to it, it's all about demand and what people are asking about. Uh, top five Spider-Man artists. Wow, this is gonna take the whole episode. God, didn't I do that? I could have sworn I just did a a Spider-Man artist. I'm pretty sure I did. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to skip that one, but, um, it, it's in, in the archives for sure. Uh, the, I, I'm, I'm positive I've done a Spider-Man, um, artist and man, I might, that'd be something if my list had, had changed, but, uh, McFarlane's on there. Eric Larson's my top. Yeah. I, I know I've done this list. Uh, Bagley is up there for his amazing Spider-Man, Mark Bagley and, um, ultimate Spider-Man. A, a lot of, uh, current, I guess, artists have been up there. Um, I like Ditko's style, but I don't know if he's one of my favorites. Um, those three are definitely going to always be, in my top because they they were almost like one after another it went McFarlane uh Larson Bagley it was like boom 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 and uh Bagley to me had a style similar to Larson and then McFarlane was his own sort of beast Ross Andrew he he's got to be in there and John Byrne I really liked his Spider-Man so those are the five that I think I would give Oh, Busima. There, there's a couple of stuff, but those are, I mean, the three are for sure. The, the next one I could, I could probably move in and move out, 
you know, two other artists. Even Ditko would jump in and jump out. Ditko was definitely very iconic in the slender look, um, making him look scrawny and a very distinctive style to Spider-Man that I, I think was important at the time. And then he started to like bulk up into, you know, the Spider-Man that, that a lot of us know. Um, so yeah, I hope that answers your question. Uh, and I know I answered it and I, I bet you those two artists that I, that are kind of, like I say, are floaters. I, I bet you they're, they would be different than my list that came prior to it. Um, the next question, top five crossover events. This is a tough one. It really is. Um, but Crisis on Infinite Earths would have to be my my top one. Final Crisis is definitely one of them. But that came became into the top five after I've had time to digest it and read it a second time. Uh, Crisis... Crisis on Infinite Earths, I read so many times, and I, I love it. Those are top, top-tier events. Um, Blackest Night, I, I consider that an event, even though it wasn't like... It was more in the Green Lantern-type era. It was so big. It, Sinestro Corps War, Blackest Night. Boom, boom, boom. You know, That was a top event. I'm going to go with uh, Contest of Champions <laughs> just because when I read that, I was so fucking blown away. It was only three issues. It was a very, very early Marvel event. And I thought the idea of the Grandmaster and Death playing... Uh, was it was it Death? I think it was Death. Playing a competition uh, with the superheroes on each team. It wasn't Death, but Death was involved. He was playing with, was he playing with his brother, the collector? They, they were playing a game, and they both had to go after artifacts across the world. And Grandmaster and then the other guy picked these events. And I think what they were trying to target at the time was that every country had its own superheroes. So you would see our you know, major, you know, the Wolverines and the Spider-Man and the Hulk. But you'd have, like, the Irish hero, um, forget what her name was, something Clover. Um, you'd have the Arabian Knight. You'd have um, this the guy from Spain. I can't remember what his name is. All the all these obscure Z-list characters that sometimes their first appearance was in this book. And then others, they might have appeared in Hulk or some other Spider-Man title, or but just appeared very, very infrequently. I loved it as a kid. Um, it, I, th I thought it was a fantastic event. And then, uh, like, I'm going back to a lot of the old events. The, the final one would be Secret Wars, the original. Um, just just a lot happened uh, with the Beyonder and then going to the planet and Hulk holding up a mountain and Spider-Man getting his new black costume and there was a symbiote and 
it was really, really good. I, I thought that event was top-notch. Um, so those are my top five events. Uh, Final Crisis, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, um, Contest of Champions, Marvel Comics Contest of Champions, Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars, and A Blackest Night, which was a Green Lantern event. So... Um, Thank you for the questions. A lot of good questions. Um, and like I say, some of these top five lists, they change over time. But I doubt very seriously, like with Superman, if my artists change a lot. Again, you'll always see Dan Jurgens, Jerry Ordway, John Byrne. Those two are, are just, those three are given. Um, over time, I might float the two other two you know but um yeah some really good questions i can unbookmark this and we'll uh i'll, I'll do one more it says Rankum pop edition he's got root beer cream soda flavored salsa grape soda orange soda black cherry lemon lime dr pepper jolt ginger ale well not a lot of my favorites in there there's no pepsi there's no coke there's no uh cheer wine <laughs> but they'd have dr pepper dr pepper would be number one uh root beer would be number two uh cream soda would be number three Orange pop would be number four. Grape would be the next one. Black cherry would be the next one. Uh, lemon lime, the next one. Uh, jolt, the next one. Ginger ale is uh, leaving one of the last place ones. And flavored seltzer would be the last. I hate seltzer. And ginger ale, I barely can drink. So, Jolt, ginger ale, and uh, flavored seltzer at the bottom. Dr. Pepper, root beer, and cream soda are at the top. But I would go cheer wine, number one, if, if I had my choice. Cheer wine, Dr. Pepper. Um, I like pig soda a lot. But RC would be in there. Pig Soda is a lot like RC. So RC would be in there. Royal Crown. And then Pepsi. I like Pepsi over Coke. So yeah, there, there's a couple of pops that are, are not there. But uh, and there's some specialty editions that I really like. But, uh, you know, that's like a, a specific uh, question that I, I won't get to. So I talked about some recent purchases on Twitter. I talked about some questions, and now I'm going to take a pause so I can do some tallies on some books. And I'll probably just do one week just because I'm very tired. <clears throat> I, I just vacuumed. I just cleaned the dishes out of the dishwasher and reloaded it. And uh, I still got some stuff to do, so uh, I'll, I'll be back. And then Barb gets back tonight, so... I, and then I gotta get I gotta 
merge some comics. I don't know if I'll get to it. I hate merging. I hate it. But uh, I do want to read some. I didn't get to read much. I started Superman number three, Golden Age, and uh, really was enjoying it, but didn't get to the second story. But I'll be back in a bit. I'm back, believe it or not. Um, the list was quite a bit for this week. Um, a matter of fact, I still need to total it. I didn't total it. But uh, a lot of write-ups. So I decided well, that's, there's 10, 11, 12, 13, 19, 29, 30, 31, 31 comics. So this is the week of uh, still in uh, July. And normally I do two weeks, but I am beat. So I am going to uh, do one week. So I'm probably not gaining anything on this episode other than I'm not falling farther and farther behind. But uh, this is July 17th through July 23rd. Um, watched a couple of uh, four out of five uh, things. Uh, Champions was um, kind of like a Special Olympics basketball team type of movie with Woody Harrelson, which was very entertaining. Uh, I can't remember where I saw that. It was either Hulu or Peacock. Uh, Plutonic is a series about... Uh, it's like a Judge Apatow TV show without there being Judge Apatow. But it's a, a story about um, the, the two actors were in Neighbors and Neighbors 2 a remake. Not the original Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi, but the one after it. Um, they play platonic friends and they're dealing with relationships. It was on Apple TV. It was really, really good. And then I rewatched John Carter. I felt like a pulp move. I watched John Carter on Disney Channel, five out of five, uh, Rocketeer, uh, watched the documentary, which made me want to watch the movie again, five out of five. So those are my five out of fives and my four out of fives. Good week for watching TV. Like I said, there are a total of 31 comics, one Source Point Press, one Scout, six Marvel, four Kickstarters, one Fawcett, six Dynamite, ten DC, one Charlton, one Dark Horse. We'll start with the three out of fives. Believe it or not, there's a lot of three out of fives. Uh, ooh, I missed one. So we had 32. I missed a Dark Horse book. How did I miss that? So we had 32. So um, starting with the three out of fives, we had a Dark Horse book, Miss Truesdale and the Fall of Hyperbola. I liked issue one, but because I was reading this like as they came out, I don't, I didn't remember a lot that happened in issue one. Uh, I don't know what's reality or what's not, but it seems like there's an older woman in the future that has links to like a Red Sonia type character. And I didn't remember enough of the first issue to be able to link it. 
We have Franklin Enter Ghost. Uh, this is a three out of five as well. Two aliens inhibit the bodies of a fox and a skull. We have a Kickstarter giantress. This is from the Evett Hart So uh, book um, books. This is a scientist grows to fight alien kaiju uh, hatched from meteors and looks like she is going to fight Nova Kane, uh, which is also a Everett Hartso character. We have Superboy Meshi. This is like Superman in Japan goes to eat. Uh, I didn't actually buy the physical copies of this. I was reading it digitally. So you read it, you know, right to left and down to up and it's a manga type book joker operation joker is joker throws batman into the to his vat and he comes back as a child and joker has to raise him as a child <laughs> that's also a manga this one i gave a three out of five to the initial read but when i recapped it inside of Re retrocast it's kind of higher, but I'll leave it where I originally put it. Uh, but this is Captain Savage and crew. This is Captain Savage and his Leatherneck Raiders, number two. Captain Savage and his crew uh, investigate a missing subs near Australia and have a run-in with the Samurai Squad, which is a Japanese World War II enemy. Uh, both teams think it's each other that they're fighting, but really there's a third party, which is Baron Strucker. And his crew. We have Freddy 22. This is like uh, Archie type Charlton character. A bunch of shorts. Uh, there is one with Freddy not believing his girlfriend has to babysit. And he ends up babysitting. Another where his girlfriend poses as an actress to test Freddy's loyalty. And then there's a life with Maggie where she buys a confederate rocking chair for her father. <coughs> We got a Dennis the Menace from Fawcett. This is a Fawcett version. And it's a bunch of shorts, but the one that I remember is Mr. Wilson and Dennis, his father, working on destroying the yard, searching for a gopher. And Dennis the Menace kind of was manipulating things, uh, turning it into a disaster like he always does. Ooh, man, I'm so sleepy. We got four out of five. Um... The, this is a Marvel X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh, this is the one that's just coming out now. It's a prelude to Days, Days of Future Past and how they got there. It's entertaining. Spider-Gwen, uh, Shadow Clone, number two. She is working with some of the clones, but then it looks like she's going to get be attacked by more Sinister Six Gwen clones. We have Wasp, number three, leading to the Avengers, Inc., and she looks to be coming a private eye of some sort which is what Avengers Inc. Is, was advertised in the solicits as being. We have Sudden Death, number one. This is a scout book. This is a non-stop book, so you got to pay attention to these non-stop ones. Why? Because they, they follow a model that I absolutely hate. Is you read the first issue, the next issue that comes out will be a trade. So it's like, try it. If you like it, buy the trade and then rebuy issue number one. I hate that shit. But I will say that I enjoyed this one enough that I probably will. This first nonstop that I probably will go for. But a man who wants to die hooks up with a one-night stand and the next morning gets hit by a car 
then people think he's immortal. Then we see a man simultaneously combust. All kinds of weird stuff happening. We have Noir, number three and five. It's from Dynamite Comics. You got Black Sparrow and Miss Fury after a Native American treasure related to the Templars. Two steroid-driven characters fight them throughout the book along with their doctor and find out that the real treasure was the land. We got Vampirella versus Red Sonia. This is really a Vampirella Red Sonia superpowers book, but it doesn't say that in the title. It takes Vampirella, Red Sonia, and the superpowers to challenge Kid Terror, who is possessed by the Northern Horn. Shazam number one and two. This is the Mark Wade and... Oh, God, I can't remember. Oh, my favorite current artist, but I don't remember. Dan... Oh, I should look it up. Shazam, Gomer Pyle, Dan Mora. I got the first name right. I just couldn't remember. So this is Billy has the power, and Mary has the power with of Amazon gods. So she, when she says Shazam, it doesn't map to the same gods as. It, that's what her tie, tying into the the Wonder Woman title. Everyone has disappeared, de is depowered, so all the rest of the family's depowered. Billa deals with an alien race of T Rexes. That was really weird, but in the vein of classic Shazam, very normal. Shazam saves people from a uh, earthquake, but something makes them snap at a family in front of the other media. He has a run in with the psycho pirate, but it, it was not him that's causing um, Billy to snap. As Shazam, Freddy runs into some gods in the Rock of Eternity, and that's how it ends. We have Night Terror Shazam number one. <clears throat> Insomnia attacks Mary Marvel while she falls asleep. Night Terror Zatanna, like this one a lot more. Zatanna is not affected by insomnia, so he attacks her while she tries to defend Wonder Woman and Detective Chimp as they slip, sleep. Her spell casts in a robot man. Night terrors Zatanna. Zatanna is not affected by insomnia, so he attacks her while she tries to defend Wonder Woman and Detective Chimp as they sleep. I'm I'm getting a case of insomnia too. <laughs> Listening to myself speak. Her spell casts a uh, robot man who reluctantly helps her because he was protecting his own members of Doom Patrol who fell asleep. The cro they cross their nightmares and win so like the what, what was holding wonder zatanna back is now robot man's responsibility and what was holding robot man back is now zatanna's responsibility to take down we have green night terrors green lantern number one this one's outstanding such great arc from Pan, pansica and fiera his nightmare is the death of his father and being treated bad by carol ferris then Sinestro's Nightmare in the second story. We have Antarctica number one from Image Comics. Did I not do that one either? I didn't. So I read 33 comics. Either that or I can't add, which is highly likely because I'm so sleepy. 
But uh, Antarctica, a young girl loses her father in Antarctica. Later in life, she is old enough, and her best friend, coffee maker, dies, and she decides to get a job at that Antarctica base and find out what happened and who murdered her father. We have Gardens of the Galaxy number one, the latest volume. The crew tries to rescue many creatures on an alien planet as possible. It's very like Western themed, even though it's a space opera, kind of like Firefly. Uh, Star Wars number 26, the Rebels stole the Star Destroyer and the Stormtroopers stole C-3PO. Now R2-D2 is off to save him. Luke tries to follow, but R2 disabled his hyperdrive. Luke reveals how an old tale of Honda in Ben's journal. I don't... Did I mean Hondo? Honda. What did I mean by that? Um, we got Rex the one... That's the volume that came back right out. You know, the Jason Aaron volume, but it's sort of later in the this volume, 26. Uh, it's before the latest volume, though. The one prior. Rex the Wonder Dog, number 18. This is a 4 out of 5 as well. Rex and crew foil an island, stealing from the natives. The under Then uncover the missing flamingos due to criminals hiding them in the Everglades, and Detective Chimp uncovers bank robbers while trying to deposit his check. we got City Boys, number 1. This is DC Comics. This is one of the new Asian release heroes. A homeless boy in Metropolis gets involved in an experiment that gives him powers to talk to the city. Very much like that barefoot fucker in the Authority slash Stormwatch. What is that guy's name? He's, he's, he's always barefoot. Jack Harksmore. Um, a homeless... Yeah, that's what that is about. A homeless boy in Metropolis gets involved in an experiment that gives him powers to talk to the city. He befriends a homeless man. We got the 5 out of 5's Ninjas and Robot Kickstarter. This is something I picked up at Heroes Con. And uh, <clears throat> it's just wonderful looking characters. There's not much of a story other than it's ninjas fighting robots. But the way they're rendered is so appealing. And then I got like a sketch of one of the characters inside. And this was a book that was never solicited in previews, but is based on the Keen Spot story that I love, uh, just uh, slightly different because he made changes in the Keen Spot one that didn't match exactly the Kickstarter, which came out first. So we got Painkiller Jane, Beautiful Killers, number one and two. I love this. So the two five out of fives were Ninjas and Robots Kickstarter and Painkiller Jane, Beautiful Killers. This is a Kickstarter, Palmiati. So good. I, I loved it. And it was two issues at once. Painkiller Jane and her partner on partner on a mission only to be shot and hunted by a mass murderer and his female partner. They end up getting the upper hand, but James's Jane but Jane's lover loses an eye and captures the bad guy to be tortured by her lover. That's Painkiller Jane's lover to get revenge. So that wraps us up. The books of the week. <clears throat> well, I gotta do four books, so I'm gonna show uh, Painkiller Jane's one and two ninjas. I don't have a cover for, but I'll do ninjas and robots number one, and City Boy number one. 
as covers for this release. I want to thank you for listening. Thanks for putting up with my sleepiness. Uh, it was a rough day yesterday, doing all kinds of housework and yard work and uh, comic stuff, and now I just want to sleep. Um, I'm getting old. I'm almost 55, and uh, Barb just texted me. She landed in Phoenix. So uh, I think I'm going to go pick up a, a pizza, a 505 from Dion's, which is pepperoni, green chili, and I add sausage to it and also something to eat tomorrow so we can take for lunch. So I want to thank you for listening. You can reach me at Twitter and Blue Sky at Mike Myers Brunch. That's my handle on both of them. You can reach me at Facebook uh at geekbrunchpodcast.com. You can click the like button, follow all the episode threads there. And you can also find me um, at geekbrunchpodcast.com. So I want to thank you for listening to Mike M. Send me questions. I still have about five questions, I think, from Nick. I want to thank Nick for sending me the questions. And uh, it was fun. I like I like lists. Um so we will talk to you again in probably a week. And hopefully I'll have my energy back. So we'll talk to you later and peace out. Bye-bye.